Hey, really quick before we get into this episode, if you're hearing this intro, it means that my new podcast with my friend Veronica called Socially Unfiltered has officially launched and we would love for you to join us over there. I wanted to make sure I put this intro before all of the previous episodes of the Social Media Survival Guide podcast because just so much has changed since these episodes were published, but the content in these episodes still holds a very special place in my heart. So you may hear some links or some Instagram handles that I'm no longer using being mentioned in these episodes. So I just wanted to give you one place where you knew you could find everything. If you want to keep up with me, Lex, on Instagram, my Instagram handle is at justlexpage, J-U-S-T-L-E-X-P-A-I-G-E. And that's where you can find all of my social media content. It's where you can find all of the different ways we can work together and all of the resources I have to help you survive social media. And like I said, some links may be outdated. So if you're interested in any of my guides, any of my templates, or any of my resources for helping you survive social media, you can find everything at stan.store slash page, and I'll link everything in this description. But come join us over on the new podcast. Again, it's called Socially Unfiltered. You can find us on Instagram at sociallyunfilteredpod. You can find the podcast where wherever you listen to podcasts. And again, I'll link everything in this episode description. Whether this is your first time listening to the Social Media Survival Guide or your millionth re-listen, thank you for being here. But I'm so excited to start this new journey with you. So please come hang out with us over on Socially Unfiltered. We would love to have you. But for now, I'll let you get into the episode that you were trying to listen to. And hopefully I'll see you over there. Enjoy. Welcome to the Social Media Survival Guide, a paid media co-podcast all about surviving social media. We'll go on deep dives into what goes on behind the scenes in this industry, interviews with some of the most badass business owners sharing their own experiences, and we'll learn all about the tools and resources you need to survive social media. I'm your host, Lex, and I'm just surviving social media one day at a time. Let's get into it. We are back, baby. We're back again. Another episode of the Social Media Survival Guide. Today's episode features a guest who holds an incredibly very special place in my heart. Anybody who comes from a fitness background or knows what it's like to work in the fitness industry holds such an incredibly special place in my heart. So today's guest is Natalie Hancock. Her official title reads as follows, social media manager, content creator, and uncertified hype human. However, I think you're very, very much certified for that position. So right now in Natalie's business she offers full and part-time social media management for small and she means small businesses that are looking to finally make an appearance on social media she also runs event packages in case a business has the daily management needs met but is looking for help with hyping up a specific project slash event so she's my spirit animal i absolutely love her her work is amazing and again anybody who comes from the fitness industry holds an incredibly special place in my heart natalie is so unbelievably funny. She truly makes me at a loss for words sometimes in a really, really good way. I she I feel like she's inside of my brain sometimes. Really is just crazy. So Natalie, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for giving me just a little tiny sliver of your time to come on and be a guest on the social media survival guide. So everywhere that you can find Natalie will be linked in the show notes in the description. And as far as podcast make sure you keep up with us at the social media survival guide on instagram and at social media survival guide on tiktok and again my name is lex i'm your host and my personal slash business instagram is at page media co which also is just kind of a melting pot of all the projects that i do so you'll definitely see some stuff about this podcast on there 
But in order to keep up with everything and all the guests, make sure you connect on Instagram at the social media survival guide. Okay, enjoy. Hi, Hello. I'm so happy you're here. Okay, so I'm here with Natalie Hancock, who is the owner of Hancock Social Media. She is a social media manager, content creator, and an uncertified hype human, which in my opinion, you're pretty freaking certified. So I want you to go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell me a little bit about you, your business, what you do, and then we'll get into the fun stuff. Sounds fantastic. Well, first, thank you so much for asking me to be on this. I have, as you know, in no creepy way, stalked you for a while. I'm super pumped. A little bit about me. So this is always a massive struggle, although you think it wouldn't be given that I create reels and content for people all day. Like I can't just talk about myself. Natalie, born and raised in Northern Utah, beautiful state. I have three sisters. So four ladies total in my house growing up, including mom. So four dad. What a load of estrogen. Freaking champ over here. But I actually grew up, I, I always point this part out. It will make sense later, but I grew up dancing. So I was a performer. I loved it. I loved, I won't even lie, being center of attention as a kid. I was very loud, very much in people's faces. No shame. I was full on taking over like the home video camera, like standing in front of people's birthdays. Like, hey. Oh my God. Literally (laughs) your face. I was definitely that kid. I won't lie. So yeah, I grew up just loving, loving being on stage, love being performer. And after high school, I was not set on another classroom setting. It just school. I loved it for the social aspect. I could not focus in school. I had teachers in high school, high school, senior year, reading me my tests. Comprehension was negative 100. It was terrible. Which so I can read a book, but they didn't tell me something about that book. I'd be like, oh, I have I, no idea. I read it. I swear I read it. Looks like I know the name of it. But yeah, so right out of high school, I was just like, I'm not, I'm not ready to jump back into school. That felt like prison to me. And sure. with the energy I had, and again, like that showmanship side of me, I tried a couple corporate style jobs jobs and I just I couldn't do it I couldn't do it not not at all or none now jam jelly peanut butter none of it I hated all of it so then I met somebody who I was dating for a while who worked in the fitness industry and I grew up dancing I was super active and I wanted to stay active and so he let me come to work with him a few times and almost like shadow and I became a personal trainer which led me into the industry I worked in for the next 10 years I was a fitness instructor I did group fitness training personal training personal training was not my jam and then I ended up getting on the administrative side of things and this is where social media management comes in I had zero shame in these roles when I took over marketing responsibilities and getting people in our community to help me advertise us on these social platforms, which was kind of unheard of at that time. Just going to say that's so, especially for the time period this was taking place, you know, word of mouth on social media, I feel like didn't really become super relevant until way later after you would have been doing this. So way to be innovative. Love yeah. that. Didn't think you. of it as that way at the time. I just thought for I was sure. being such a spaz, which is like the mm-hmm. best word to describe me. But yeah, I had no shame. I would take pictures of people, videos of people, and kind of help the facilities I was in take their social media into kind of like this weird reality TV kind of feeling. Like no stories. Don't forget. Like we this was not a 24 right. hours. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It was there. But I would I just I was able to capture people and you know, editing tools were few and far between then as well. So right. God, if I could get my hands on some of the shit that I had out there, it's probably oh terrible. That's really cool. Cause honestly, up until right now, I didn't really, I don't think I really knew that 
part. Like I knew that you had come from the fitness industry. I knew that you had an interest in social media. I knew that you started this business. I didn't really know what your experience was with it before then. So what happened from there? So you're doing this super unique approach to social media and then all of a sudden what happens? So this is actually super wild because it all came to fruition within the last 10 months. Like I have never been on social media management until recently. So, you know, working in the fitness industry for as long as I had, it wasn't up until about, I would say three years ago that I realized like this can actually become more than just a something that's usually just added into my role as a responsibility. Like it was never fully respected as a job, as a career path, not even close. When I I look back at what I was doing for free for like four years, I remember at one point, again, we'll get into all of this, but I, I remember at one point, not pitching, but just like bringing it to the attention, like of the corporation that I worked for, like to the next highest up available person to me. So it wasn't like to the owner of this corporation or anything, but I was just like, we have to get more active on our social media. And for a really long time, I was doing it. So I'm in there, special event happens, doing stories and editing them all cool and adding music to them. And then all of a sudden I'm like, I can literally charge businesses for this. Why am I doing this for free? So I didn't mean to completely cut you off. I just, part of our story was so similar. I was like, I have to say this. So, okay. So you realize you can be doing this on your own and then do you pitch to the gym that you're currently working for? Do you go out and find brand new clients? What did that look like? Yeah, solid question. So this is kind (laughs) of like the whirlwind part of it. So when I was, I worked for three now big name franchisee styled fitness facilities. The first one was very like garage gym style, very little monitoring from like headquarters whatsoever. Like once you paid for the affiliation, it was done. Like you could do it. It was a fucking free for all. I like, oh, that one was a riot. Guess what these all are. Let's play guessing games. That one was fun in the sense that I had so much freedom, but also I had very little direction on what worked. And back then we didn't have insights. So it was really kind of just capturing the attention of such a small community. Cause you thought that was all the reach you had. You didn't even go into like a national or global mindset at that point. It was just wherever you could see like the last house from standing on a rooftop was like, that's how far my shit's getting. Like, that's what it felt like. Funny. Literally <laughs> though. It's like, yeah, could be five people could be reaching 30. I have no idea. Who knows? And also at the time, to be completely honest, I didn't really care as much. I just had such a good time doing it. And I knew it was doing something. I just mm-hmm. didn't quite understand the impact. Yes. Then I transitioned from that style of a facility to a lot more corporate where I had more guidance and they started to late about a year in produce like I would say anywhere from five to ten templates for us that we had to post each month that was either promoting a like corporate wide event or acknowledging holidays but they wanted their graphic views which was always like so bad and I would always like like, wouldn't even be the brand colors and I'm like you have so much money to spend on a marketing like to your point earlier I started to do instead of being more vocal I started to try and show my in my content by showing how many other locations were sharing our content. Like people were screenshotting and cropping my designs and posting them on behalf of their facility. And I was like, absolutely fucking not, but also thank you. I know, right? It's like (laughs) such a backhanded thing where I'm like, wow, like so flattering, but also like get that off of your feed. Like (laughs) give me a shout out, like franchise owners to be like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Now I see. It just never computed with them. And I kept doing that game. 
Yep. Which in therapy appointments have shown that that is in every freaking aspect of my life. <laughs> prove, I'll show you what I can do. So to be like, no, goddamn, it. I'll prove you wrong <laughs> if it's the last damn thing that I do. Love that gritty attitude, but also feel you on having to work that out in therapy. 100%. So it was about a year ago, honestly, almost exactly that I, it was during COVID, I was working for a facility and everything I had known in my fitness world on grassroots marketing and networking in the community and teaming up and partnering with other brands, local businesses, which always was such a huge hit for us. Throwing local events, like nothing was better than a parking lot event when I worked out in California because A, it was always nice weather so we could always do them. But B, it drew in such, it was like having a vendor village in your parking lot. It drew such a crowd and you were able to touch audience in person that you never would have because somebody who loves to grab a beer is probably not going to show up at your fitness studio just for funsies but I could get these events going and be on foot and have these conversations with people and eventually convince them to come give it a shot and that was my forte I was damn good at it I loved doing it and then COVID hit and I was like bro I'm now naked in front of a crowd of people with nothing I have nothing I don't know what else to do and thank god for my social media background because I was able to jump as hard as like I cannonballed into fucking like the abyss with this. I was like, we're going hard on social. That's all we've got. Like, this is it. And this was right when reels are coming out. So I was like, what is this stuff? Yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, the way that this facility was structured was we were still open almost. We could operate during COVID because we could offer such a, an isolated environment. Gotcha. Excuse me. So thank God, again, thank God for social media. Cause I wouldn't have been able to be where I was, but it was during that time that I was kind of at my wits end with people not respecting the power of social media that I was like, I'm mm-hmm. too good at this to not believe in myself and just go for it full time. I know this is what I want to do. Also my dream, that- my dream is to always be my own boss. Since I was a kid, I knew I could not be contained. I was just going to say, so one of the questions that I liked to ask people is one, I like to ask them if they went to school for anything related for this, like a college degree and not because I'm somebody who thinks that the college degree is necessary because nine times out of 10, a traditional college setting isn't the way that somebody learned this industry slash marketing as a whole. And the other question that I love to ask is, did you always know that you wanted to own your own business? Like, were you always like, I'm going to be my own boss one day? 100%. Like you said, like being active on these social accounts as a business and realizing there's a power here that not a lot of people had harnessed. And I still think it's so early on into that. Like granted you were doing this, you know, years ago, but like, it's still so early on into the idea of a business having a digital presence like that. So I, one of the things that I'm so unbelievably thankful for, like as much as that industry at the end was not for me, we had access to unbelievable training for marketing and for the fitness industry specifically, how to make people feel comfortable in a very uncomfortable situation. And I transferred a shit ton of those skills over into this business that I did not realize at the time were transferable. Like to me, the only place that that was relevant was in a gym. It wasn't relevant anywhere else. And it was when I got kind of out of that mindset that, you know, a gym isn't the only place that you have to be uncomfortable in order to get comfortable in. So where are we at in your journey? Yeah. Sorry. Right I'm now? making this like a super long. No, I love it. No, um, it's, literally. I love it. I love every second of it. I'm ready for chapter five. Chapter so five. Let's pick Part up where two. we left off. Perfect. So like in the mix of like, obviously discovering that this was definitely what I could be doing. I have mm-hmm. to also credit 
people around me because though I, I do, you know, take care of myself and I'm a very independent person, I also really struggle with self-doubt and imposter syndrome and negative self-talk I have for a long time. I think it stems back all the way to my performing days. You know, you were always fighting to be seen in that industry and God, that's a whole nother topic. But I was going to say, I was never in dance. Like that was never my thing, but I have a lot of really close friends who were, and I, even just like from what the media portrays that industry as like, it's, it's not good. And I feel like it, that's a very similar situation to a lot of people. Like, I don't think you're alone on that. (laughs) While we send our invoices to our past companies for the free social media management, I always my therapy sessions to the dance studios I was at. (laughs) Literally. And then I'm going to send them to my ex-boyfriends after that. The list is long. Parents are on grandparents. Whoever, anybody who wants to chip in, I'm going to make a GoFundMe. There you go. Y'all can chip in what you feel you're responsible for. uh, Put some change (laughs) in the karma bank. It'll come back around. But yeah, so I had a couple people around me, thank God, in the last year. And I think this this is attributed to a couple things. I finally started doing a lot of self-reflection because I knew I wanted to be my own boss and I needed to figure out how to get there. And when I started doing that, all those fucking cliche sayings started becoming when the cliches start becoming true you know you know you're, you're in on a total you just tapped into a different universe yeah, you're, the you're minute you start saying world. like oh my god that's that's what just happened like I'm yep. very much into affirmations and manifestation ever For since sure. it started happening because when I started applying myself to myself mm-hmm. and like speaking my truth out loud like the everything shifted and I was like this is yeah. some bullshit are you telling me the whole time I've been ragging on this so I mean, hell, I closed one door and it was terrifying. I closed the door to the fitness industry. It was so scary. Yep. I, I've i never been so in my head about a decision and I'm a pretty anxious person. So that's usually where I live. Yep. But thanks to a handful of people Red around Green. me, I just, I just had to hear it from a couple people that mm-hmm. said like, you can do this. Like you are yep. good at this. And finally I pulled the plug. And the minute I pulled the plug, get how wild this is. So I'll go into like how I'm doing right now with like work. Yeah. But I pulled the plug and I was like saying goodbye to members as they were like discovering that I was going to be leaving and fading, phasing out. And one of the members who I adored, I admired this person so much. And I creeped on her as well because I knew she owned a digital marketing agency. Oh, cool. And she just stopped me and said like, hey, where, like I heard you're leaving. Where are you going? And I said, I'm going to like nosedive into the asphalt on this one, but I'm going to go do social media management full-time and I have no fucking idea what I'm doing, but I want to do it. She goes, yeah, let's have a conversation when you're officially like departed because I'm looking for a social media manager. I was like, what? You're like, where do I put my application in? Literally most embarrassing (laughs) moment of my life. I don't think she saw it. Hopefully not, but she walked out and I 100% collapsed. I was so blown away that the moment I believed in myself and took a chance, the door literally like do yep, a 180 yep. about face, like right yep. there. And I was like, yep, made the right decision. Not even like, this is insane. So that's so crazy. Yeah. So now what I do is I, I'm a freelancer primarily. I don't even know how to use some of the words that are considered to be what I should know. Now that I do this, it's really sad. <laughs> Same. But I'm contracted with an agency and then I also have my own clients. So my plate is mega full time. I was going to say, I noticed earlier when I had screenshotted your profile to put on my story that you have fully booked in your bio. And I was like, that's yeah. so fucking cool. Because like I said, I don't, you clearly have a ton, a ton, a ton of experience in this industry slash field, even if that's not what you would have considered it at that time, but to be within a year of starting your business. I'm sure you were at that point, you know, well before 
right now. So well before these past 10 months, that's just crazy. Like that's awesome. And congrats for that. Cause well, thank you. And I do, I do want to say, because this is the kind of shit I needed to hear when I started and I still have to hear fully booked can mean so many different things to people. Oh my God. I remember seeing fully booked in accounts and I was like, I would immediately picture a, a dollar amount and an amount of clients that they had that I had no business doing. They never said it. It was never displayed for me. And it would discourage me. I would be like, how do I get there? How am I supposed to reach fully booked? And I always had this number in my head of like 56k or more a year for people. I was like, it's that's what they're making. Like, I don't know why it just was. (laughs) That's so funny. I don't know why that number always popped in my head. But anyway, I was just like, how are they doing this? And then I realized fully booked can also mean, and this is what it means for me, and I'm just going to be super transparent, how much you time-wise can take on in order to create quality content. So Mm -hmm. my clients, I have two. That's it. I have two of my own clients. Mm -hmm. And then through this agency, which I'm not naming just for protection reasons. And then obviously I I respect her so much that I don't want to, I didn't get approval beforehand. So I'm like, I'm not sure. Totally. But uh, through her, I manage six accounts. Gotcha. So my plate time-wise is full. I cannot open my books for people right now. And that's Um, the number one thing that I get asked is how many clients should I have? How do I know if I'm fully booked? And how do I know what to price my services as? And I always, always, always relate it back to time. Not that I think you need to be being paid for your time. Like truly, I think you're paid for a skill, but if somebody comes to you and they're like, Hey, can you do 10 posts a month for me? Okay. Start from the top. How long does it take you to come up with the ideas for these 10 posts? How long does it take you to do the graphics? How long does it take you to do the captions? How long does it take you to get them scheduled? How long does it take you to communicate with this client? Add all of that time up together and look at your business from either a weekly or a monthly standpoint. And I, I see it in my head as like Tetris. I see it as like a Tetris block falling. And it's like, this client wants X amount. Okay. It fits right here. This client wants X amount. It fits right here. And it's, you have to make your Tetris blocks fit perfectly while also a considering your own business to be a client, especially because the amount of work you have to put into your own business is everybody pause and just replay that twice. I have neglected mine so much on other people's, but it's so true. That's such a good point for you to make. I'm going on three weeks of not posting on my business Instagram. And I'm going on probably before that, like another three weeks. And it's because I just had this conversation with somebody earlier today. I am at a point right now that I'm booked with my clients. So I don't necessarily have like a journey to be taking people on through my Instagram the way that I did when I did have open client spots. Mm -hmm. So like my strategy, as far as like where I need to be putting my energy right now, the time that I would have made to specifically make content for my business just goes to making content for my clients. And I'm more so just documenting my life now rather than being like, okay, I need to post about this. I need to post about this, which if I had the time to do that, I would still do it. And if I had it in my radar to outsource for something like that, I would, but I, I just don't view it as a priority right this second, not saying that it's not, it just, it truly depends on which stage you are at and where you are with your business. So yeah, nailed it. You nailed it right back. So, (laughs) okay. So something, first of all, 
a lot of questions that I wanted to originally ask you. I feel like we kind of answered them throughout this conversation already because the one is like, I wanted to know because you're so new into your business or into owning your own business. I don't ever mean it in a way where I'm like, you've only been doing this for 10 months. Like you've been Girl. doing this for a lot longer than that. Like you can't no. offend me. And so, also no. I wanted to know, like, were you put yourself on social media kind of person before you had to do it for your business? When you were doing all of this social media stuff, like for the gyms, were you making yourself the face of these places? That's actually, I think it's a, it's a fair enough question to circle back to because it deserves its own answer. And that is that with the timeline of social media and how it's evolved is also where my appearance on social media evolved. To break that down in case that's not really getting through the way I'm hoping it will is. I think it is, but I'm I didn't more really focus on people like influencer kind of stuff. Sure, I feel sure. like in the beginning when I started, it was not about you. Unless it's nothing to do with you. No, it really wasn't. It wasn't. And so I will say like, if I, if I were to look on my timeline again, through the fitness industry, cause that's where most of this came from in the beginning, it was super photo heavy of like the environment we were in and then really graphic heavy. And we're talking like old school graphics. Like mm -hmm. we may, we may as well have made it in paint on Microsoft. Throwback. <laughs> some paint. I know. Right. So it was super graphic heavy. And then I will say about. I always like to try and give a timeline just or a date to kind of go on yeah. the timeline. Maybe like five years ago, I started to kind of make appearances and it wasn't until the last two that it was really important that you put a face to the brand. And that's when I started to be a lot more intentional with what I was posting, not only on business, but also on my personal. And I'm super weird about personal and I always have been in my workplace. And I have plenty of past employees that will 100% validate or verify this. The minute I hired employees, I blocked them on on social media. Yeah. They were not allowed to find me. Mm -hmm. And if they found me first, because there were a few times I let that slip and I wasn't paying attention. I hid my story once that became a feature. It's such a great feature. It really is. And like, not to say that it's, I do this in like a caddy or like. No, it's just. It's my privacy. It's who I, like I, if you find me, I'm not going to go as far as making you unfollow me or blocking you because it's that awkward. There's but just I certain just, parts you don't need to have access yeah, to for 24 yeah. hours. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's the whole purpose of like balancing business and personal. Mm -hmm. I 100% don't mind if you want to be a part of my life as far as what I allow people to see when I'm posting For my sure. static feed, personal stuff, I will not let you see my daily life. So that was going to kind of lead me into talk more about the fitness industry specifically in, yep. in regards to social media for the most part. Again, mm -hmm. we're, we're unfiltered here. We're unscripted. We are yep. just going with the flow. Bring but fitness is something that you and I both come from a background of. And like we've both said multiple times in the past 30 minutes, we did transfer a lot of those skills into this type of industry. Whereas so much. Yeah. And the relevance might not be as easy for somebody to see who has never worked in the fitness industry. So I feel like you and I had this immediate thing where I was like, I like the way your brain works. So when it comes to the fitness industry and your personal social media. So like we were super censored, like we were told you need to take this down. You need to not post this picture. This needs no. to come off of your story. Never. Yeah. Like that's how corporate we were was like, I even had, I remember one time I had a picture of, it was me and two of my friends and I, we were at a bar, but it was a restaurant. So it didn't look like we were out like getting hammered at a bar. Like we literally were just sitting at the bar turned away from it. I had a 
plate of French fries in my hands that I was eating. One of my friends was standing next to me with an unlit cigarette in her hands. Like, yes, it was in her hands, but she was not actively smoking it. She could have been holding it for a friend. And my other friend had, I I don't remember, hers wasn't as dramatic. I think it was a beer or a white car or something. And the picture was super candid. It's super cute. It looks like an album cover. And I put the picture on my Instagram story and within like two hours had been told I needed to take it down because one, I was eating French fries and two, my friend had a cigarette in her hand and three, my other friend had alcohol in her hand. Like that's the degree that we were censored to. So many terrible things just ran through my head of what to say and I'm going to actually use the filter, but that's ridiculous. Yeah, it's crazy. And like, this is like, no, again, if anybody ever listens to this who is still relevant to this place of work, (laughs) I have no hard feelings about it because like now as a business owner, I understand also at the same time shoved me and everybody else into this box that you have to be perfect. You have to look perfect. You can't share that you're eating shitty food. You can't share that you drink alcohol, stuff like that. We constantly were told that we were a representation of this brand. And there were a lot of reasons, especially within our corporation that these rules had to be put into place. Some of them a little bit more dramatic than others, but we were very, very, very censored in my opinion, even if it wasn't outwardly spoken about all of the time. So was that not your experience too? No, but I'll tell you like kind of how I can relate to it. So I'm ready. First, just because I have to say it, if you are a business that has those sort of requirements because you have an audience or a customer base that is going to seek out personal accounts of your employees, you better make it very clear in the beginning and there better be things to sign because you will not tell me how to live my life. Well, see, that was like the weirdest part when I first started. Social media was not relevant. And over the course of the next few years of me working there, it became more relevant. And I think that's also why it was approached so aggressively. It was the unknown. They didn't know what to do. So they were just yeah. rolled with the punches. Yeah. Exactly. Nowadays, I remember in high school, actually junior high, junior high, uh, normal t-shirt on like any kid would have in seventh grade, which by the way, our seventh grade years didn't look like the seventh grade years now. Okay. Oh my God. The seventh and, graders now literally look like they're 25. I'm like, yeah. you look older than me. No. I don't understand. I don't even want to whip out my seventh grade photo, but I was a child. If I could reactivate my MySpace. Oh my God. Yeah. I just want to know what pictures are lurking in there. I don't. I really don't want to know what I was okay with putting up on. (laughs) Black. And this, oh, I had black hair too. We would have a, we would have a relation there. But yeah, so I'm like walking through the hall and I, my, a teacher from like down the hall was like, Hancock, raise your arms up. So I had to put my arms up over my head. And my shirt came up enough to show my skin on my belly. And she sent me to the office and I had to wear an oversized t-shirt that day. Mind you, stomach wasn't showing in any way, shape, or form when I was normal. You're like walking around with my arms up, lady. But this old lady down the hall decided, man, if she lifts her arms, I bet that two inches of that fabric is going to lift up and I'm definitely going to see some tummy. So I'm going to, I'm going to do it. Fucking ridiculous. Anyway. That is bullshit. So I that's what that. you were talking about. My high school about. was yeah. so bad. Like, no, when you were telling me about the situation, I was like, <laughs> she was from here. <laughs> no, that all South Carolina, baby, the low country down in Charleston, the number one, well, voted the number one place in the world to live. I Except personally, my like city paper or something, or I don't know, like some travel channel or whatever has voted Charleston the number one place to live. See, I'm I used to like really rag on my home state again, mainly for the culture shock that you experience when you get here, but it's lightened up a lot in the last 10 years. And now I brag about my home state. Also though, Utah's terrible. Don't come and stay out. I mean, my um, home state is New York, so I literally don't ooh, have anything nice to say. Yeah, I know it's so hard. It's like 
Yeah, not New York City, though. I do need to specify not the fun part. I'm from a town that had about 80 people in my graduating class. We partied fields. Yeah. I mean, looking back now at the time, like it was the worst thing that ever happened to me. I hated it more than anything. I wanted to get out of New York (laughs) State so bad that looking back now, it's mostly because I look at how the high schools are around where I am. Like Wando, one of the high schools by us, like truly has like hundreds of kids per grade. My high school, literally, I knew everybody that walked across the stage. Like I knew where their parents lived. Like I knew where their parents worked. Like I knew their middle name. Yeah. It's insane. And it's such a different experience that at the time I was like, this fucking sucks. But now I feel like my anxiety issues would have been catapulted into like a (laughs) hundred times worse than they are now. If that was the case, maybe that's what Um, I should attribute my anxiety to is having a class graduating class of like 1200 people. Natalie, that's too many people, (laughs) but that's four and a half hours to get through. No. Oh my God. I reproduce like fucking rodents out here and like growing up my neighborhood specifically i'm not speaking upon the entire county my neighborhood was filled with pretty rad people like when my mom got sick like our neighbors which super close to them like rallied around us like it's it's a safe place to live but as far as people that come here from out of state like i'll tell you this when i moved to california people were like have you lived in a bubble your entire life like i would see and hear things that i was like that's not real that's only in movies and they were like natalie what where the hell have you been and then you like start to grow up and go to college and live off your house and you're like wow this is what life's like but i remember meeting people so i lived in colorado for a bit yeah and i had these two male roommates that were from indiana and they were telling me about their college experience and i shit you not i was like that's there's really things like that like that's not just from the movies they were like natalie what the hell and i was like like sororities only seen in movies didn't know that shit happened for real had no idea oh i Um, yeah it was weird things like that that i was like why do i not know about this like that didn't know that was a thing like they talked about like some rush or something and then they told me about like the partying they did and i was like at age 23 i was running a gym like right essentially managing it and like working nine to five didn't like no college life for this kid like but yeah so funny thing is when we talk about like we didn't know things when I got to Colorado one of the opportunities I had for a little bit was a social media for a dispensary which was rad it was really fun at that point I was mainly experimenting I still hadn't fully grasped how to use social media as a marketing tool yet it was very much like the beginning stages for me but I hadn't seen, touched, smelled, smoked weed ever in my life at age 28. And so I was oh, like, my God, what am I supposed to do? That's like, so funny. Yeah. They'd be like, smell this one. It smells like, like they'd say cheese like fruity. Grass. And I was like, it all like, smells like a skunk's ass. Do yeah, you let's... still actively work in that field no. with them? No, no. Super short lived. I had a, a discovery call with one that was going to be opening up in for some reason I want to say Michigan but that's not right but they were again super early stages like working on licenses and stuff like that which take gotcha fucking forever so no but super fun industry I'm I'm glad I got to have like a tiny peek into what that could be like because yeah I want to, for the 1000 person projects, I want to have somebody who either actively heavily works in that industry or Mm -hmm. owns a dispensary. That's on my list of people I want to come onto this project. I will say like a little bit that I did do there. It was wild to see how ill-prepared Instagram was to manage accounts that were advertising because it's not federally legal. 
So yeah, we have a truck here that you can rent out and it's technically a cigar bar. Like on the inside, you can like rent it for like weddings or like to put outside of your bar in Charleston. And I had approached them because we, my boyfriend used to work at the bar and they used to like park out front of it, whatever. And I just randomly one night looked up the name of it on Instagram and they had a very, very minimal activity. And I mean, I was probably six Bud Lights deep and I should not have been approaching anybody about a business <laughs> idea. I was ready to talk, but I was like, why don't you do anything with your Instagram? Why is this not super active? You have such a unique concept. And he was like, we're not allowed to talk about tobacco products on Instagram. And I truly had never thought twice about yeah. that until that yeah. moment. We had to put like, we could never say the pricing. We couldn't have sale. We couldn't mm -hmm. have purchase. Nothing that would ever motivate somebody to Encourage. seek out the product. Yeah. And then we also had to put in our bio, like, you must be 21 or older. We had to make it private. So we had to, like, actually scan the account before accepting the request. That's changed, I think. So hard because what's your alternative? Twitter, where you're, like, actually allowed to post whatever you want, but nobody's coming to find a new business on Twitter? No. Like, no. yeah. That's they still so actually hard. pumped out quite a bit of content. It was shocking. Pictures of the flower were fine because it's just a photo. Oh, you Google that. Like, it, it, there was stuff that we were allowed to show that was in the, in the facility. We just could not say in any way, shape, or form that we were selling. Gotcha. So I'm it over censored. I'm over here being censored for posting myself eating french fries and you're over there censoring weed so very <laughs> very familiar yeah oh yeah full circle, i know see. right see i said listen we said it we'd come okay. back full circle yeah so showing faces where we ended right the other thing i want to ask you about the fitness industry specifically yeah. is do you miss it the only thing i miss is being able to play music that loud like it is a perk that is fun it is i will say i have i miss coaching people i miss being yeah. a positive influence. I mean, I don't mean, maybe I wasn't on everybody. I hope I was. I really loved coaching. When you take me to the administrative side of things and working for small business owners that could afford to purchase franchises, absolutely fucking not. I love sure. my members though. That's, I like feel bad saying it because it's nothing against the actual job no. of coaching. I loved that it's just yeah. I don't think mentally I could ever be like wow I really miss when that was my life like I just don't think no. I would ever say that no I have like I have definitely because I from dancing I went into teaching dance gymnastics mm -hmm. swimming lessons which is hilarious to me because I plug my nose when I go into but oh my god that was one of your like fun facts on your <laughs> yeah. story specifically detailed that like I never would have thought to even dude I straight ask... up taught toddlers how to blow bubbles in water and I myself am petrified of going underwater without plugging my nose that is hilarious Makes it's like sense. when your friends are teachers and they like go out on like Friday and get blackout wasted and I'm like you live <laughs> America like what it's so funny it's like seeing a mascot with their face off you're like right what? you're like well, put that head back on this is yeah but no I do miss I would still to this day if I found a gym with a mission statement that made sense that they actually lived by I would probably consider coaching again just like one or two classes I just loved coaching and it kept me fit and it got my energy out so that part of the fitness industry I miss everything else can stay forever in my would you ever open your own gym oh I've been asked this a couple times mm -hmm. actually no no 
for any specific reason that immediately comes to mind or just like in general uh, hard pass? It is a hard pass. That's for sure. I, I just learned over the years. And again, I've always worked for the owners, right? I've never been the owner yet. I say yet, like that's ever going to happen. It's not. I just said that. like, it's not. Uh, there's so much that goes into running a gym and I would just rather use my energy elsewhere. I just, because in addition to being in the gyms and being in administrative roles, leadership roles, coaching, being the custodian, the electrician, like I've literally done any position you can possibly think of. I also helped social media manage an insurance agency, which was awesome. I love this. The owner of the insurance company was just the raddest person. He insured fitness facilities and the claims that came through were like out of this world. Like I just, I've just seen too much from the inside that I'm like, I am totally fine participating yep i'm okay over here y'all have the best time with that over so that's good to know speaking of getting started do you have any major piece of advice that if somebody were to be like what's the best thing that you could say to somebody starting a business what do you think that would be a business in general or social media management let's say social media specifically okay start networking yeah start conversations now and tell what you do yeah specifically you know reach out to other social media managers I feel like we have a really cool community and most of us I have yet to run into somebody that has stiffed me are willing to if not talk to you appoint you to someone who has time to talk to you I was super fortunate like with you and like I think you referred me to someone else Ashley I think is her name Brooke right yeah yeah love her yeah. yeah. You like tat, you like sent like, five names to me. Yeah. You sent like four or five names to me. You're like, also check these accounts out. Like everybody in this community is super receptive mm-hmm. to oncoming and onboarding social media managers that if you're, yeah. if you'll just stick your neck out and you know, as scary as it might seem at first, mm-hmm. ask the question, I, I can promise you you'll get an answer. And if you don't, that person probably is no longer active on their account because I swear to God, I've yet to meet somebody that won't respond. So that was a huge help to me. I just picked people's brains because I was in a, such a, it was like walking on thin ice for the first little bit. I was like, I was saying before, like, I really had to hear from a few people, like you can do this. And by the way, like I should attribute some of that to you. Like you were one of those people that kind of gave me the confidence. (laughs) Like, Okay. This is legit. Like I can do this. The conversation means a lot to people. So so if you're thinking about it, if you're curious, you know, obviously research is huge, but a part of that research is being social and speaking to other people that are doing what you want to do. Yeah, that's an amazing piece of advice. I try to always encourage people to trust people who have been where you want to go. I know a lot of the time it can come off that I'm very like anti-courses and like nobody should be making courses. Like nobody's certified to be making courses. Like that's not necessarily how I feel. It's just do your research on what you are investing in to make sure that that person has been where you want to go. Because to me, it's impossible logistically to teach somebody how to do something that you've never done yourself. And I feel like, like you said, the people who are willing to help and willing to give that insight without being like, oh, you have to book a 60 minute call with me in order for me to answer those questions. Like those are not the good people. The people who don't have time to respond to one DM, like, don't get me wrong. It might take me 
two to three days to respond to a DM. <laughs> but if anybody reaches out, I'm like, how can I help? Like I literally exactly. bought somebody a ring light the other day because they were like, I don't have like the resources to Aww. make good content. And I was like, what's your address? I know that's weird to like give to a stranger on the internet, <laughs> but like, but that's what I mean. Like that's the community we have out here. Nobody, yeah. nobody, even if, you know, it, to the point you were making about, you know, if they haven't done it themselves, like you probably shouldn't be investing in those people. Just remember that when what goes around comes around comes to you because yeah. I've had people approach me even, even up until like a couple months ago that had questions and I had to have a little bit of a sit down a 24 hour timeout with myself before I jumped in because you're really excited and you know, I'll be super honest, flattered that people look at you and think I'm going to ask her for help. Yeah. And I got to a point where I had to sit down with myself and be like, how much energy do you have to give this? Can you fully, can you fully commit? Because what this person that reached out to me, I ended up creating a full slideshow, full slideshow, 10 pages of how to kick off social media management. And I didn't charge a dime and I didn't want to, but the next question was, can you one-on-one coach me? And the answer was no. And I actually gave him yours and like three other accounts. And I was like, these are the people you need to reach out to. Cause I, I can't do more than what I just gave you. So just be, Oh, Jesus. I don't know what I just pulled out. Just be super honest with people, you know, and know that what goes around comes around in this community. So that was so nice. That was such a nice little refresher from just how the world is now. Really quick before we kind of wrap this up, I want to do some social media this or that questions. Okay. Don't think too much about it. Instagram real, like static feed post or a real. You know what? I'm probably going to fight it. People are going to fight me on this one that have been around for a while, but reels. I love that. If you had told me a year ago that I would enjoy doing what I do now, like I would have laughed at you. Sometimes though, I do miss the classic, just throw a picture up on the feed and call it a day. I mean, (laughs) static posts have their place and I would be nowhere without them. I have to say like, that's why I mean like the OGs are going to come at me for this one, but I'm a performer and I see the value in creating valuable quality, entertaining content. And that's what reels are. That's in reels, baby. Are you on TikTok yet? Oh no, we're going to say no. I had a personal account that was quite literally just highlighting the two male roommates I mentioned earlier because they were so funny to live with. And then I realized like, I should probably be more intentional with this. So I had to like wipe out half my feet. So I have in the bio under construction because I have yet to actually make that. So on Instagram, when you first open the app, do you instinctually start scrolling through your feed or do you start tapping on stories first? Feed. Really? Oh my gosh. I'm so much more of a story person that it blows my mind when people say feed. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I'll look at the story. That is absolutely good to you, but I want to see... For instance, I love small businesses. And I, when I say mm-hmm. small, small, I mean small. I love small yeah. businesses. And I love to see what they think is valuable content. It's very interesting to me. It's like my it's like my way to like read the room. I want to feel you. I'm going to fill you out on here. For anyone who can't see this, she just licked her finger and then held it up like she was <laughs> testing the wind direction. And it was unbelievably perfectly placed comedic timing you truly truly are a performer not in a way that I feel you're performing in a fake way it's just your wit and humor is so on point I (laughs) fucking love you on Instagram are you more of a let me respond to this with like a text like regular dm or are you big on the voice messages girl you already know i want those voice messages i was like i always like hate asking these questions and i'm like duh like i know the answer to this because we send them back and forth all the time i have this like love hate relationship with voice messages where i can read a lot faster than somebody can talk so it's not that i'm annoyed by them it's just (laughs) when i think about having to listen to all of them like speaking wise like i can say 
so much more than I can type, but I can read faster than I can listen. So it's like, I have such a love hate relationship with them, but I really do live on them. And also like, this is probably a too long of a description of what I'm trying to get at, but the way that we treat brands now that we probably manage and clients we manage, we say like, you are, we need to see your face so people understand who is behind this brand. When I get a voice message, I'm like, I know you now. Oh my <laughs> God. It's that weird turning point. Cause it's so, that's so true. That yep. is so unbelievably true. So one of the very, very last things that I'll ask you, this has become one of my favorite things to ask people like right at the yeah. end, or just like if we have time for it. So to preface this, I'm very much a time blocker. Like my whole Uh day has to be time blocked and a client is dedicated for each day for just getting all of the last minute things done for that week to do lists that have been like ongoing stuff like that. So what does a normal day slash week slash routine look like for you? Are you very much like do the same thing at the same time every day or is it kind of- Can you hear the cooking going on upstairs right now? Cause it's no. okay. I just like, I, I leave notes like, Hey, I'm going to be like recording. And then it sounds like Godzilla is fucking rearranging furniture upstairs. <laughs> God, <Not> anything that's <laughs> so bad. Okay. So the question, yeah. Routine. Okay. So I love this question because this is where my real ADHD shines so bright. Do I still have to do tasks list, a uh, task list like this every day and actually cross them off for those of you that can't see I have, thank you, a handwritten to-do list and I have to prioritize it by like what I have to get done because I quite literally have to look at that constantly because my creative side takes over my schedule every day. Like if if I feel something and I envision something for a client and I'm working on a a different client, I have been known to like drop and run. Like I got to chase this instead of just like writing it down. I just like, nope, pivot. So right now I have, and what I try to stay true to is a weekly schedule of categories. So my first week is mapping for the next month. First week is mapping for all clients. This way, I feel like I have the freedom to be really intentional with my engagement each day and an actual posting of like the real in-time stuff Yeah. while mapping and figuring out like, cause my first week is also when I do reports. So I see what's yeah. working and what's not working. So it's kind of like this really fun, like this my easy so week. Cool. Yeah. I call it my easy week. Cause I, I feel like I have more time, even though I, I truly probably don't in comparison, right. but it gives me the freedom to feel like I have less on my plate because if you're a social media manager and maybe you won't agree with me. to me, I feel like outlining is the funnest and easiest part. Absolutely. Like I, I also feel like not a lot of people would agree with that, but I agree yeah. with you for that. Yeah. Like I, I get to look at the report, see what worked, what didn't work, see what was like a huge heavy hitter, implement that into that next month's strategy for the outline. Like it's just, it's easier. Week two, this is when I start creating the content. This is a lot heavier. This takes a lot more time. We kind of going back and reviewing everything because I, and this, I I told you earlier, like how my high school experience went. I'm really good at loading things and not paying attention to grammar, spelling, punctuation, none of it. It's just, I like straight up brain dumb. That's just what I do. And I used (laughs) to think of it as a weakness. Yeah. Yeah. I used to think of it as a weakness and I used to feel so bad about it. And it's just, that's how my brain works. So I, I get yeah. it. And then week, let's see, week one, week two, week three, when I'm reviewing everything, I also usually end up changing my additional creation. For sure. Without a doubt, every time. I will only batch one week at a time because if I do too far out from that, by the time it comes to post it, I don't want to post it. Oh. Like either because I don't like it anymore or like I just have had a completely different idea. I understand the like, 
the pros obviously. And like, I've done like 30 videos at once. Like, let's just do it, get them out of the way. But it feels so unaligned to me that I do have to work on the fly most of the time or it doesn't feel good. Let me say this to that point. I do not batch rip. Yeah. I really don't either. I used to try to, and I think it makes sense if that's how your brain works, but my brain does not work like that. Nope. So for clients, like if they'll, if it's like a, for instance, like a reel that's just videos or excuse me, a reel that's just photos and we're transitioning. Those are in usually a folder, digital folder. I know where they're at. I know how to think of them in my brain. So when I get to the point of posting based off the activity time, then I get on, I find the song. That's when I really start to feel the vibe of what I'm trying to create. I can't do that two weeks in advance. I just can't. I can't. Sometimes I can, but not, not very often. So you know, for anybody out there who may think like, ah, I see all these other social media managers talking about batching rails on their stories. I do. I see it too. And I'm like, how the fuck do you do that? Yeah. It depends so much on who you are as a person. Yeah. I, I'm really big into my human design chart. I feel like a lot of the reasons that I do a lot of the things that I do is because of that. And I think just like yep. being in tune with you and yourself as a creator, especially yeah. is so important. I just love a little inside look because your structure, even with what you just said is so different from what I do. And I know there's somebody out there and that's kind of why I asked this question because my structure doesn't work for a hundred percent of people and that's Mm. fine. I'm not saying it's the only way to do, you know, what we do. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Definitely a good question to ask. Cause I think, I think you just nailed it. It sheds light on like the, how different we each are and you just yep. need to find out is it's gonna only be through trial and error so be patient yep. you gotta find out what works for you and I didn't figure it out until like super Wait, late maybe like two months ago I was like this is my rhythm like I yeah. can't force anything else yeah so, and sometimes yeah. it takes that long you need to come back for a part two and I'll plug all of your handles and your links and everything yeah. just anything you want to end with like where can we find you and what do you want to leave us with yeah yeah well first I'm gonna start off with just saying thank you again like thank you so oh much God, thank such you. a good time I didn't even Don't realize until me. you just said we went over I didn't even pay attention to that so which like there is that. no real time limit no, it's just like, but, like, I get what you're saying you're like oh well technically our zoom call meeting said an hour but like whatever mm-hmm. no thank you because this has been a riot I actually really appreciate these conversations I primarily listen to podcasts now because being a social media manager and working from home and an extrovert, I don't get to have conversations. So hearing other people's experiences in this industry through headphones while I'm working has been a game changer for me. And that's how the concept of this podcast happened. Like I said, I'm so purposeful. I'm an introvert that would rather stay home than go out on a Friday night, but I am very much an extrovert that likes to talk to people. And I feel like a lot social media podcasts right now are aimed towards being more, here's three things you need to know about upping your engagement, just very educational style. And like, somebody's going to learn something just from listening to this conversation and that's valuable enough rather than being, and like, don't get me wrong. Like there will still be some more, you know, educational style videos. It's just when you can get like that inside look to really this all started happening because of conversations I was having in the DMs, like you, like a ton of other people. I'm just like, why are we not recording what we're saying right now? We (laughs) are having mind blowing conversations. Like we need to share this with other people. So thank you for being here. Thank you for taking the time. I know you're unbelievably busy. So thanks for penciling me in your Instagram. Again, everything will be linked below, but you are Hancock social media on Instagram, just in case anybody wants to find you quick. And yeah, we will see you back for part two, for sure. You're coming back.
I can't wait. I can't wait either. <laughs> okay, girl, I will talk to you later. Sounds good. Hey, it's me again, your host, Lex. I would love if you came over to Instagram and hung out with us at the Social Media Survival Guide. You can also find my personal slash business account at Page Media Coach. Just make sure we're staying connected in your favorite places. If you or anybody that you know is interested in being a guest on here, please DM me. Again, the quickest way to reach me is going to be at Page Media Co. But make sure you follow at the Social Media Survival Guide just to stay up to date with everything that's going on on the podcast. Thank you so much for your time and for being here. And I will see you in the next episode. Bye.